0: Well, hello, and welcome to Faith Life 365. This is episode number 22. My name is Tim Hardison. Now, we are talking about hindrances to faith. Now, if you missed any of the past episodes, you can go back and watch or listen, get caught up. Also, visit our website and blog at www.faithlife365.org. Now, in this episode, we're going to talk about how not holding fast to our confession is a hindrance to our faith. Now, let's pray, and and we'll jump right in and get started. Father God, we come before you now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes and our ears that we may see and hear your word today. Give us knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Grow our faith now as we study and and read in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Okie doke. Now, what is our confession? And how are we not holding on or holding fast to it? Let's look at Hebrews chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. This is the Amplified Version. It says, Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, thoughtfully and attentively, consider the apostle and high priest whom we confessed as ours when we accepted him as Savior, namely Jesus. He was faithful to him who appointed him apostle and high priest, as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. Yet Jesus has been considered worthy of much greater glory and honor than Moses, just as the builder of a house has more honor than the house. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in the administration of all God's house, but only as a ministering servant. His ministry serving as a testimony of the things which were to be spoken afterward, the revelation to come in Christ. But Christ is faithful as a son over his Father's house. And we are his house if we hold fast our confidence and sense of triumph in our hope in Christ. Now, <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, this is the amplified version. "...inasmuch then as we believers... Have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as Savior. For We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize and understand our weakness and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human, in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that it is the throne of God's gracious favor with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find His amazing grace to help in time of need, an appropriate blessing coming just at the right moment. So our confession is our faith. It's our belief and total trust in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Our confession is that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who came to earth in the flesh as a man, who died on the cross for our sins, who had no sin, but was made to be sin for us, who was raised from the dead on the third day, who defeated death and hell, who is seated at the right hand of God, who has been given all authority and power in heaven and in earth. John. Uh, Chapter 3, verses 16 through 18, this is the English Standard Version, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already." because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. John chapter 14, verses 6 through 7 of the English Standard Version says, uh, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Mark chapter 16, verse 19, the English Standard Version. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and set down at the right hand of God. And Matthew 28, verses 18 through 20, this is the English Standard. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, often when we think of our confession, when we think of what is our confession, a lot of us, we tend to think of confessing our sins or our transgressions and asking forgiveness. And... That is a confession, but that's not what we're talking about. That's a a confession uh, in the negative. Now, what we're talking about holding fast to our confession is is holding fast to our confession in the positive sense. So as Christians, we believe God's holy word, the Bible. We believe the Bible is the inspired word of God. We believe God's word is alive. It's never changing. It's here forever. It's now. Well, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16, this is the New Living Translation. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 through 13, this is the New Living Translation. It says, For the Word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. 1 Peter 1, verses 23-25, through the New Living Translation. For you have been born again, but not to a life that will quickly end, your new life will last forever because it comes from the eternal living word of God. As the scriptures say, people are like grass. Their beauty is like a flower in the field. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord remains forever. And that word is the good news that was preached to you. Now, if we believe the Bible is the inspired word of God, then we believe it is truth. We believe in the absolute integrity of God's Word. Though oftentimes, we find ourselves making a a double confession. We confess that we believe in God's Word, then we confess something different or contradictory. And when we do that, a house divided against itself cannot stand. When we do this, we're not holding fast to our confession of faith or our confession of God's Word. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 25 through 28, this is the English Standard Version, knowing their thoughts, he said to them, every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he's divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Now many of us will, will boldly quote and proclaim 1 Peter two twenty four, says, Who his own self bear, bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes we were healed. And Isaiah 53 and 5, but he was wounded for our transgressions; he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. And then, in almost the same breath, we'll turn around and, honey, I, I feel like I'm <clears throat> I feel like I'm taking on a cold here. My throat's a little scratchy. My sinus. I'm feeling a little stuffy, and you know what? Well, when we do that, we cancel out our faith. We can't have faith that by his stripes we are healed and then speak out of the same mouth that we're sick or we're getting sick. Sickness isn't of God. Sickness is of Satan. This is an example of not holding fast to our confession. We confess the Word of God, and then we gave place to Satan, negating our confession of the Word. Listen, if someone has the flu, confessing the Word of God and holding fast to that confession is not denying that the sickness exists, we're denying its authority to exist in our body. Now, if we're sick with the flu and someone says, ask us, they come up, Are you, do you have the flu? And we, we say, no, I don't have the flu. Well, we become a liar because we, we know that we're feeling symptoms. We know that, that it's upon our body. However, we can hold fast to our confession that by his stripes I am healed, sickness, Illness, disease, viruses, harmful bacteria you have no right in this body. In the name of Jesus, I'm healed and made whole. Now, I'm going to hold fast to my confession. See, I'm going to confess that and hold fast to it. I'm not going to confess the symptoms. I'm not going to confess what my senses are holding. We just need to confess the Word of God, not our symptoms. We confess our faith, not what our five senses are telling us. Yes, yeah, you may be feeling it. Don't confess it. Confess the Word of God. Revelations, uh, chapter 12, verse 11. And I might have said Revelations. It's Revelation. I'll make clear of that. Revelation 12, verse 11. The New Living Translation. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony. And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. See, Satan is defeated by the blood of the Lamb and by our testimony, which is our confession. Now, if we hold fast to our confession of Jesus and God's Word, we will overcome anything that Satan throws at us. Notice it says, And they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. The fear of death is often a major reason we don't hold fast to our confession. We begin to uh, confess circumstances uh, that we see. That's from our flesh, you know, from our five senses. We take our eyes off of God's Word. We take our eyes off of our confession of what God's Word says. Let's look at the Apostle Paul. He was a prisoner on a ship on his way to Rome. They were in a major storm. All the five senses were, were telling them this is a hopeless situation. You know, they ended up, they were on that ship for, for days, weeks, uh, in this major storm being tossed to and from, all the casting stuff overboard. Let's look at Acts chapter 27 verses 22 through 26, English standard Version. Yet now I urge you to take heart. and this is the Apostle Paul speaking, okay to, to the ship. Yet now I urge you to take heart, for there will be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. For this very night there stood before me an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I worship. And he said, Do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand before Caesar. And behold, God has granted you all those who sail with you. So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. But we must run aground on some island. They continued on for 14 days tossed in the storm until they drew near to land. Paul held fast to his confession of faith, and what God had told him through the angel. The ship, it became grounded on a reef. It was being pounded by the waves. It was breaking apart and sinking. The soldiers wanted to kill all the prisoners. If you recall, Paul was a prisoner, but the centurion stepped in and stopped it. Now, Paul, again, he did not lose faith and start talking unbelief. He never spoke of how bad the storm looked. He never questioned or spoke of not making it. He didn't say, well, I sure hope I make it to shore. This this storm is really bad. I mean, look at these waves. The ship's breaking apart. I'm in a weakened condition. I, I, I'm a prisoner. I don't know if I can swim in my weakened state. There's, there's 276 men on this ship. What are the odds that they'll all make it to shore safely? I'm mean, uh, they, they, they probably Some of them don't even know how to swim. You know, I mean, the, the, all these odds are not very good. No, no, no. Paul held fast to his confession. He spoke no words of doubt or fear. Paul, Paul told them he, he stood firmly with all confidence, holding fast to his faith. Paul said, So take heart, men, for I have faith in God that it will be exactly as I have been told. Paul could have wavered. He could have failed. Think about those circumstances. You're out in the water. The ship's breaking apart. It's caught on a reef. It's getting pounded by the waves, massive waves. He could have easily gave in to his senses. He could have, have, I mean, that would just be being human, right? But no, he didn't do that. Paul could have made double confessions. He could have demonstrated doubt and fear, but no, he didn't. He kept his faith in what God said and held fast to his confession. Now, right about now, some may be thinking, you know, well, brother, if an angel of God came to me in the night, I would believe and hold fast to my confession too. Eh, Maybe. Perhaps seeing an angel would be enough to give some faith to hold fast to their confession. But then again, if we need to see an angel to have faith, to hold fast to our confession, well, is it possible that by the definition we really didn't have faith in it to begin with? And if that's the case, we might not even recognize that we heard from an angel. We might just write it off as, oh, I had a funny dream last night. That kind of stings, doesn't it? I mean, is, it's the truth though, right? I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I have confessed Scripture when things are going great. I made my confession out loud. I felt good about myself. I'm just all chef puffed out, you know. I'm a child of God, and these things aren't going to happen to me. And I can quote Scripture, and then all of a sudden, storm came. Storm storms get ugly. And you start asking, did God did God really mean that? Did is is that? does His word? Is that really meant for? Maybe He didn't mean that for me. I mean, I'm not sure, I, I'm not really seeing a lot happening right now, and this storm's looking pretty ugly, and maybe this just isn't working for me. Well, when that happens, I end up not holding fast to my confession of God's Word. Then I start trying to figure out, well, how am I going to fix this myself? You know, I'm not seeing a lot of help coming in here. I, I'm going to need to fix it. Well, at this point, my confession of faith can't stand. God's Word can't work for me. I can't confess the word of God over a situation and at the same time confess whatever the circumstances my senses are fearing. That's a divided house against itself, right? Can't stand. We can't believe both God's word and Satan. Once we turn from our confession and focus on the world or whatever circumstances the evil one puts in front of us, we are believing and having faith in our senses, not in God's word. It's one or the other. It can't be both. See, our faith can never outgrow our confession. I want to think about that a little bit. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7, this English Standard Version, "...for we walk by faith, not by sight. Faith is the substance, the confidence, the assurance, the foundation, which has actual existence of things hoped for, the evidence, conviction, proof, assurance... By which invisible things are proved and we are convinced of their reality as completely real as if we could see, hear, smell, touch, or taste it. That's faith. Think about that. Hebrews 11:1 Amplified Bible. Now faith is the assurance, title, deed, confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. Our confession is our faith. We can't have greater faith than our confession. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10 amplified, "...because if you acknowledge and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, recognizing His power, authority, and majesty as God, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes in Christ as Savior." resulting in his justification. That is, being made righteous, being freed of the guilt of sin and made acceptable to God. And with the mouth, he acknowledges and confesses his faith openly, resulting in and confirming his salvation. Now, it doesn't end with believing in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead and confessing him as Lord. That's just the beginning. Now we need to learn the Word of God, and purpose in our heart to believe it, to confess it. And then we have to hold fast to our confession of God's Word. The entirety of the promises God has given to us in His Word should become our confession. Now, we will mature, we'll build our confession as we read, study, and hear the Word preached. We must first believe it in our hearts. Then we must confess it with our mouth. And then we have to hold fast to the confession that we make. We, we can't be divided on that. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, Amplified Bible. Therefore, put on the complete armor of God so that you will be able to successfully resist and stand your ground in the evil day of danger. And having done everything that the crisis demands to stand firm in your place, fully prepared, immovable and victorious... See, God has given us his full armor so that we will be able to stand. We'll be able to hold fast to our confession when the evil day of danger comes. The evil one comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You know, when we have done everything that we can do, we can do nothing else. The word says, stand firm. That means hold fast to your confession. Stand firm we have to hold fast to our confession of god's word revelation 12:11 it said and they have defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony what is our testimony our testimony is our confession so what is your confession are you confessing what god's word says or are you confessing the circumstance that you're seeing through your five senses we have to hold fast to our confession which is God's unfailing Word. And if we can do that, and we can pray, it's not easy. Like I said before, I've, I've failed, many times I have failed. We have to mature in it, but we have to get it deep down into the core of our heart and our being and our soul and spirit, that God's Word is always truth. And then we, we confess that Word, we grab hold of it, and you hold on and you confess that Word and you get hold of that confession, and don't don't speak what your eyes see. You're going to feel stuff. Don't speak it. Don't say it. Hold fast to that confession. Hold fast to that confession. And you just let God do all the work. And he will. You put that armor on and hold fast to your confession. And we are out of time for this uh, this episode. Now, in episode 23, we're going to talk about the power of our spoken words. So be sure to join me. And I want to thank you for listening and watching today. May God bless you and keep you today and every day as we grow in faith and live the faith life 365 days per year.